Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti, and this is episode 187 of Yogaland. Hi there, Jason. Hi, Andrea. We're back. We're back again. The question is, did we ever go? I don't know. It sounds really existential, even though I think you meant it literally. I meant it literally. <laughs> I'm not in an existential inner space right now. It's because everything's way too surreal. <laughs> totally to, surreal. To do it's too much. surreal to even be surreal. Yeah, it's you know true. I mean? It's true. I'm enough of a contrarian too that like, because things are weird, I'm like, nope, it's normal. This is totally normal. <laughs> I'm doing that too, because it's good for the anxiety mind. Today, we are going to talk about just kind of the emotional processing that yeah. is happening for everyone right now, specifically for yoga teachers, and how to manage that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Happiness in so many ways comes down to expectations, you know? And I was just thinking a lot about how so many, we all are, right? But we're, we're not talking about everyone. We're talking about yoga practitioners and yoga teachers. But yoga practitioners and yoga teachers right now are having to recalibrate everything. Mm -hmm. Like everything they've learned about being in the yoga room, all of the experience that they have in peer teaching and teaching groups and seeing people and relating to people, it's so different right now. And I know how hard on myself I am about especially my skill level as a teacher and wanting to be like perfect for everyone all the time. And I just want to have a conversation where we step back and we, as yoga teachers in this space, be sensible and manage our expectations about what's realistic right now right? and what's necessary right now. Right. You know, because it's such a, you kind of only know this in hindsight, but I find it so hard in situations not to overreact or not to underreact. And this, the global situation right now, like you said, it's so weird. It's so surreal. It's really hard to know as a yoga teacher, like, should I invest a lot of my time and resources in figuring out all the digital stuff? Or is this really going to be like a three-month thing? And then and be, everything will be back to normal. Yeah. yeah. And the answer to that is, I don't know. No one knows. No one knows. Mm -hmm. I think you and I are a little bit more invested in the long haul of continuing to convert things into the digital or the online landscape only because I've, we've grown tired of all the travel. Yeah. So it's this kind of a, it's a business reorganization in a lot of ways. But one of the things that I just want everyone to know, like, especially all yoga teachers is we're all out of our comfort zone, mm -hmm. you know? So that's the first thing to manage with your expectations right now is don't expect to be comfortable, mm. not right away. Right. No, right. The, right. the just feeling the discomfort and just being okay with the discomfort is being okay. Well, we talked about official right now. We talked about that on episode one. I, I referenced the John Cabot Zinn book, Full Catastrophe Living. Yoga is not asking us to be comfortable. It's asking us to be skillful in the presence of discomfort. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it's nice to be comfortable too, right? But the point is, is like, I don't want us as a community of teachers to feel like we should have everything figured out and we should be totally comfortable. And because we're a yoga teacher and we did a yoga teacher training that we should feel perfect and grounded and sane and we're going to look all polished all the time. Right, right. It's just not, it's just not appropriate. And even if someone pulls it off, 
You know what I mean? Like, even if someone's like, wait, did someone, how'd they get their hair cut? And they must have, <laughs> they look with amazing. Your right totally now. With but, I'm going to cut his hair, by the way. Oh it's going to be amazing. He totally doesn't trust me. It's really, okay. That's a topic hey, for another, another episode. Here's the question. Could we do a live stream of you cutting my hair and could we charge for it? Yeah. <laughs> we could if we donate to charity. I don't want to donate to charity. <laughs> you want to donate to we, charity. I know. We okay. But anyways, He's the expectation, I, I am totally kidding. Okay. Like at minute 436, he says he doesn't donate to charity. <laughs> Bottom line, stuff is difficult right now. Do your best. Right. So, okay, I want to say two things that came up for me when you said that. One is uh, one of the things that came up with this group of, actually, it was all women meditation, who I, this group of women who I led in meditation last week was a few teachers said, got like, gosh, I didn't realize I needed this time and this sense of community because I've been feeling so much like I need to take care of my students and that they're having such a hard time. That I haven't, you know, I've been in that yoga teacher role of like, I've got it figured out and I'm sort of the lifestyle guru and I can help you. And she just realized like she was really hurting, but she was kind of pushing it to the side. Yeah. And then another thing that was brought up, which I thought was really interesting, was just feeling some guilt about feeling sad Mm. right now. You know, there's another person who said, you know, nothing like terrible has happened to me right now. And et cetera, et cetera. And yet I'm incredibly sad and I feel guilty about feeling sad, you know, which I thought was just really interesting. I was listening to a a psychiatrist talking online about this exact thing and saying, look, just because other people have it, might have it worse than you, doesn't mean that in any way you need to diminish the reality of your feelings. And this, I feel like this happens so much in the yoga world is, you know, hopefully as yoga teachers, we're reasonably empathic. Is it empathic or empathetic? I say empathic. Okay, empathic. It's sympathetic and empathic, but I believe that you can say it. And you don't want to get me started on current questions. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, hopefully we're empathic. And hopefully we're not like an insane person that feels like just because you do yoga, you should feel like a million bucks 100% of the right. time. Like well, that's just, of, that's an insane that you can't so do. It's so ironic, right? To, to like want to be empathic, but then to stomp on your own feelings totally. if they come up like, totally. no, you know, <laughs> I have it all figured out. I can't feel. Yeah. 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 You're allowed to grieve. You're allowed to feel sad. Yeah. You don't have to like bring it to your students and in, into the space, but those are all very normal things to feel. Right? Another thing that where we have to manage our expectations is the quality and the consistency of the online classes. And what I mean by that is like, I hold myself to a super high level of expectation. I hold students to a high level of expectation. I think people thrive when they're supported, but also they have expectations. At the same time, we're not producers. We're not directors. We're not professional gaffers. Mm. Not everyone has like the best webcam. Not everyone has the best audio setup. Not everyone has like the perfect room with the perfect light. So especially right now when you are teaching online, when you're especially via Zoom, 
There are some basic tech things that we're going to talk about in another episode that can help Be raise, yeah. yeah, that can somewhat raise the standard of production. But yeah, it's a cliche phrase, but perfection is the enemy of good. All we have to do right now is be good and sincere. You know what I mean? And to not, not think like, oh, I have to look good and the lighting has to be perfect. And, you know, they have to see, like, when I do down dog, they have to see my foot and they have to see my sitting bone and they have to see the tip of my toe. It's just like... And even, I'm sure women feel like the outfits, you feel like you have to have, like, the right... Man, too? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been wearing my formal attire. For for these these episodes? Yes. This is your formal attire. It's my formal... It's easier for the mic. Yeah. So, no, I agree. I think it's really easy to get caught up in feeling like what you're doing is either not good enough or even is like borderline disaster, right? I mean, totally. it's such a strange things freeze up on Zoom. I mean, it's, it, you know, they change the way they're doing things every week. So then you have to let people in or then they need a password or whatever it is. And so, yes, know that students right now are going to be very patient. So patient. They understand. I think another thing to consider is what is the most important thing that's happening when you are teaching a yoga class? The most important thing that's happening when you are teaching a yoga class is that people are doing yoga. You're not the most important thing that's happening. You aren't doing the yoga for them. You are facilitating the experience. So it's another one of these moments where we just have to, in some way, especially as teachers, just take ourselves a little bit out of the role. Like, let ourselves have a backseat. Like, we have to remind ourselves it's not all about us in our lighting and our sound and the look of our room and kind of the angle of the camera. Again, there's some ways to up-level that, but for the most part, the thing that you're helping people do is be in their body and focus on themselves. So we have to step out of that role of like, total myopic focus. Mm -hmm. I remember as a yoga teacher, I don't remember how many years. I remember years and years into being a yoga teacher, leaving class and thinking, oh my God, I think for the first time in my life, I wasn't thinking about myself the whole time when I was teaching this class and whether or not people liked it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's one of these things of when we're, when we're outside of our comfort zone again, just kind of managing that expectation that, that we are, that it's up to us to make sure someone has a perfect class and a perfect experience. It isn't. Right. It's up to them. Mm-hmm. It's up to the practitioner to actually experience the depth of the teaching by doing their own practice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a key component to remember. Yeah, it's sort of like getting out of your own way. And Big time. Kind of saying to your ego, like, it's okay, ego, but you can go over here right now. You Big can time. wait in the back. Yeah. You can wait in the back of the room. Can I bring up another thing that's just different where we have to, as teachers, just really think through our experience? It's really strange. Like, this is something that's just, it's kind of dawning on me. When I'm in the room teaching, I have a lot of feedback that I'm getting. Not feedback, I like this, this person likes it, this person doesn't like it. But when I have a group of X number of students in Warrior Two, I'm, I have so many prompts of what I can say because I see 
a dozen people or a hundred people in warrior two. And I'm like, bend the front knee, raise the arm, broaden the shoulder blades. It's just like, it's like call and response, right? It's like chanting call and response. I see bodies and by seeing bodies, I'm prompted to teach things. But when there's nobody in the room, so for those people that are practicing a little bit more with their students, right? If I'm teaching a Zoom class and I and there's no one in this room and I'm doing the practice, I don't have the same feedback. Loop. Yeah. You know what I mean? You it's like trust your inner compass. Which yeah, you got, you got to trust your inner compass. You ha- it's not a conversation anymore. Right. Like that's always what I feel of like a good class. Like a good teacher, I always felt this. I keep talking about Rodney. It's so strange. I I've never talked about Rodney in years, but I always felt like Rodney was having a conversation with us because he's so responsive. He's so, so responsive. And responsive. You know what I mean? What's happening? Right. Or like, uh, I mean, it's a, maybe a little bit more clinical, but like in a dance class, you know, if like the choreographer is watching the people move, then they're getting that inspiration from the people moving, and and it's like there's there's a feedback mechanism. But teaching on Zoom can feel a little isolated, mm. where it's kind of harder to to see that. Right. Um, the two days so far that I taught you were for me best the days of your life. Best days in my life <laughs> in quarantine. In quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing that was so nice about that, other than of course of having my lovely wife in the room, was. It was a conversation again. Right, 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 right. What's your advice then for people? My advice is that kind of, well, we, we've already talked about this, but my advice on that one is like, this is what I do. If you feel tired, stale, rote, bogged down, whatever it is, if you're in your head, if you feel uninspired, then look at the screen. Don't practice. Mm. Sit in front of the screen and say, hey, everyone, you know, today I want to teach you X, Y, and Z. We're going to focus on this. We have a really nice all-around practice. Instead of moving with you today, I'm going to watch you and give you a little bit more verbal cueing. So if you want me to give you some direction or the possibility of giving you some direction, make sure you set your camera in a way that I can see you. If you want a little bit more privacy, go ahead and turn that camera off today. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. That's yeah. Smart. Because then, because then I can be like, okay, you know, Peter and Wendy are there and I can either say Peter bend the front knee more, or I can say, okay, everyone bend the front knee a little bit more. Right. You don't have, it's, yeah. It, it's that, Just it's, like when you're in the room. Then there's that feedback. Now, if I'm feeling amazing, so I'm almost always feeling amazing. I don't even know what not feeling tired would be like. Anymore. I know. It's okay. I mean, I know what feeling tired is, and I know what feeling anxious is. <laughs> but that's a topic for another episode. Very good. If I'm feeling really great, no, in all sincerity, like if I'm feeling really good, I'm in my body and I want to practice, I'm going to do it with the group right now. But if I'm feeling like, man, I don't feel like talking to myself for 60 minutes and hoping that it, that it makes sense to someone... If I need a more didactic experience, that's what I'm sitting in. I think that's such good advice. I really do. Yeah. And I want to kind of end with a thought that I had, which is that 
allow this time to be a period of growth in your teaching. And what I mean by that is not like, you know, that you have to force yourself to grow. But what I mean is, if it's difficult, instead of railing against it, or instead of picking on yourself, just say to yourself, this is hard. I'm not in my comfort zone. But I'm probably growing because I can guarantee that you are. When you're doing things that are challenging, when you're doing things that are new, when you're doing things that are uncomfortable, you, you're you learning. You just are. Yeah. That's the nature of it. Can I give a quick example of this? Sure. So I did my 100-hour London teacher training module online. Right. In a really a compressed, la- it a, intense, it was a really quick. very last-minute decision because... It was right at the beginning of the virus. Anyway. Yeah. So I've been teaching for a long time. Most of teaching for a long time is good, but there are some bad things about teaching for a long time. Being a long time yoga teacher, I get stuck in my personality. I get stuck in my patterns. I kind of pigeonhole myself. I get stuck in a routine. The longer you do something some way, the harder it is to do that thing any other way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But because I was so out of my comfort zone, and I'm relatively comfortable teaching digitally because I've taught digitally for a long time, but it was so different and new that there were a lot of things that I taught that on the inside, on some ways, I always wanted to teach. But when I'm actually teaching in a group, I kind of get scared. Mm -hmm. You know, so like longer meditations, yoga nidra, a bunch of different pranayama techniques. I did a bunch of readings. Like I haven't picked up a Kindle and done a bleep in reading in a in a public class. I would That's never nice. do that you in a public inspired. class. I was totally inspired, but I was also like, because I was out of my comfort zone, I was like, well, whatever. I'm just going to go ahead and give this reading now. Whereas I would never take my Kindle with me and do the reading in a public class. Hmm. Not that there'd be anything wrong with that, but because I'm stuck in the pattern of 23 years of not doing that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it, it becomes this place where, or we were talking about this, your, um, your colleague that is doing the watercolor yeah, course, yeah. right? And I was saying this to, my, to a group that I'm mentoring right now. I'm just saying, look, if there's anything in your heart that you want to do now, and, and if you're not like, just bouncing off the walls, trying to survive. But like, if you've always wanted to, and I don't mean like pivot in a career, but if you've ever wanted to like read more poetry or learn to paint watercolors or, you know, whatever it is. start a YouTube channel. Start a YouTube channel. It's really true. I mean, we've talked about doing this for at least a year. Yeah. And we could never find the time, right? And now we have the time and it's like, oh, this will be fun. This will, you know. Yeah. So as a, as a teacher, if the one thing so many people feel insecure about as yoga teachers is overtly addressing philosophy, mm-hmm. okay? People that you don't have to do it, but a lot of people want to do it, but they feel insecure about doing it. Well, we're already out of our comfort zone. So <laughs> why don't you let loose mm-hmm. on, you know, the yoga sutras mm-hmm. or whatever? Mm-hmm. Because what do you have to lose now? You, you're already You're already like, your known world has currently been obliterated. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's going to come back. It probably will. But we're out of our comfort zone. You're out of your shell. You might as well do something that you've always been afraid to do teaching-wise. Right. So we are saying embrace growth mindset. 
Embrace growth mindset. Yeah. Last thing, don't get too worried about what other people are doing. Don't think to yourself, you know what I mean? Don't think to yourself, oh my God, Sarah's teaching 29 Zoom classes this week and I'm only teaching 24. I should do. Don't be insane with FOMO. Just do what you can do. And have you seen this, how people switch FOMO to JOMO? No. So it's instead of F-O-M-O, it's J-O-M-O, the joy of missing out. Oh, yeah. Which is like you encapsulated right there. Yeah. There's a few things I miss missing out on. You okay. Did right. I say there's a few things I am missing right now. Yes. But it's for the most part, I'm pretty good <laughs> at being happy to miss out yes. on all sorts of opportunities. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks so much for being here. And wherever you are listening or watching, please hit subscribe. And we'll see you soon.